This is the Tao of Christ, and I am Marshall Davis. In this podcast, I explore the mystical roots of Christianity, which Jesus called the Kingdom of God, which I refer to as Christian non-duality, unitive awareness, or union with God. Others call it non-dual awareness, liberation, enlightenment, or spiritual awakening. It is the heart of all spiritual traditions. This is the Tao of Christ. Good morning. Actually, I ought to say Merry Christmas because I'm recording this on Christmas morning. Normally, by this time on Christmas Day, we would have a house full of kids and grandkids, but things have happened. My younger son became sick yesterday, maybe the flu, COVID, we don't know. He is getting a COVID test to see. He's feeling a little bit better today, but we're still not going to see him. Our other son lives about an hour and a quarter away, and it's been freezing rain all morning so far, and it's snowing now, and and there's been a lot of accidents on the highways. In fact, two of the major highways have been closed. It's because of the weather, so they're not going to come up. So it's just me and my wife today, and my wife is upstairs and she's doing her morning devotions and prayer, and I'm downstairs here on Christmas Day talking to you. Now, this is not a topic I would normally talk about on, on Christmas, and by the time you actually listen to this, it'll probably be closer to, to New Year's. But this is the topic of, of suffering. It's a response to questions I receive every once in a while about pain and suffering and how they are addressed in Christian non-duality. It seems that a lot of spiritual seekers are looking for a cure-all for all the difficulties of life. And it is believed, they believe, that spiritual awakening will usher them into a life of glassy-eyed bliss and never-ending peace. They think that liberation or enlightenment or or salvation, or awakening, whatever term you want to call call it, will solve all their problems. That is not spiritual awakening. That is snake oil. Anyone who tries to sell you that is not a spiritual teacher. He or she is a snake's, snake oil salesman or saleswoman. It is true that spiritual awakening changes everything, including suffering. And yet it's also true that everything remains the same, as that famous Zen saying says, in the beginning mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers, and later on mountains are not mountains and rivers are not rivers, and then, still later, mountains are mountains again and rivers are rivers. This is true with suffering and pain. Everything is different, yet everything is the same. Now suffering is an important issue. In the spiritual life. For many people, suffering is what begins their spiritual search and motivates their spiritual search. It drives us to look for a solution to the human condition. According to Buddhist tradition, the Buddha began his spiritual search in response to four sights. The four sights that he saw, old age, sickness, death, and then an ascetic. After his enlightenment, his first sermon was his Four Noble Truths about suffering. 
the fact of suffering, the cause of suffering, the cessation of suffering, and his eightfold path to the cessation of suffering. Christ also focuses on suffering, but comes at it differently. The symbol of Christianity is the cross, which as the hymn Old Rugged Cross says, is the emblem of suffering and shame. A crucifix is clearly about suffering and about how it relates to God and humans. But Christ approaches pain and suffering not by expounding a path to be free of it, but by teaching non-resistance, taking up the cross. Life is suffering. I identify with the first of the four sights of Siddhartha at this point in my life, aches and pains of aging are a constant part of life now. As soon as I hit 70 years of age, it seems like the body started announcing the approach of its expiration date. And my physicians started talking about replacement parts for the body, as if this body were an old automobile with lots of miles on it. The third sight of the Buddha, death, feels more real as I notice daily that more and more of the names in the obituaries are people around my age. Psychological suffering is a problem for increasing numbers of people in Western society. Suicide rates are high in all age groups, both tragically in youth, but also in old age. Suffering and pain are real. In any spiritual tradition worth its salt will address it. Some non-dual approaches give the impression that awakening is liberation from all suffering and pain. It seems to be presented as a golden ticket. I think that's why people ask me if self-realization or the realization of no self is a better way to put it, solves the problem of suffering. When you realize you are not a self, does that end suffering? People ask how awakening changes the experience of physical pain and psychological suffering. And lurking right beneath the surface of these inquiries is the hope for an end to all suffering and pain. On the surface, that seems to be what the Buddha taught. But on further inquiry, I think it is not. Now, I'm not a Buddhist scholar, although I have studied Buddhism as part of my university and seminary work and, and, and since then. My understanding of the Pali term for dukkha is that it refers to a wheel that is off-center. In Pali, du means bad, and ka is the hole in the center of a, of a chariot wheel. So dukkha means a bad hole at the center of a wheel. It describes a wheel or life that's off-balance. The hole is not where it ought to be. It's off-balance, so everything is off-balance. It's a sense that something is not right. In the West, we might call this existential angst. Christianity speaks about the fall as described as depicted in the story of the Garden of Eden. It's the sense that something about human existence is off balance. That something is not right. And that not rightness, the biblical term for that would be unrighteousness, 
prompts a spiritual search for, for rightness or righteousness, to use the biblical term. As I understand it, this is the type of suffering that is being addressed by the Buddha. He found a way to be free from existential suffering. It doesn't mean we don't feel pain. If we hit our finger with a hammer, you know, just a couple of days ago, I was putting a log in my wood stove and I accidentally touched the hot grate with my finger and it caused a second degree burn and the blister is still there. It hurt at the time. You know, awakening doesn't mean that we don't hurt and doesn't mean we won't get cancer and feel pain and die. So if you're looking for a pain-free and in that sense, suffering-free existence, you're looking in vain. But if you are looking for freedom from the suffering caused by the uncenteredness of life, that is possible. It means freedom from much of the psychological suffering of life, not all of it. There is suffering as long as there is a self to suffer. But the less self there is, the less suffering. That's the key. Spiritual life is a process in a sense. When one realizes that we are not a psychological self, then we are immediately, you could say instantly freed from a lot of psychological suffering. In the sense that it's still present, but it's not happening to us, to who and what we really are. And that is spiritual freedom. The body still feels pain and the self still suffers. But we know we're not the body and we're not the self. You see, everything's the same, but everything's different. Suffering does not touch what we really are. In that sense, it is liberation from suffering. We are free, especially from all that distress and anxiety that people pile on to the hardships and the difficulties of life. You know, people pile on layers of unnecessary suffering by identifying with the body and with the psyche, with the self. Liberation frees us from that suffering. Realizing we are the whole and not isolated parts puts life in perspective. But this does not mean there's no pain or suffering at all. Jesus teaches us how to approach pain and suffering. He told us that liberation from suffering is not to fear or to run from suffering or pain. He repeatedly said that the way is to take up our cross and follow him. Just like the Buddha had his first sermon about the Four Noble Truths, Jesus had his first sermon. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. And it starts off with the Beatitudes. And in the Beatitudes, he lists all sorts of people who are suffering. The poor, the, the hungry, the grieving, the persecuted, and so forth. But he does not propose in this sermon a way to end their suffering. Instead, he blesses them. He points to the whole to the one. He points to God in the kingdom of God. He puts pain and suffering back into the balance of opposites, which is life. 
So he rebalances life. That is the cure for dukkha, the off-balanced life. He fixes the broken wheel. Jesus' approach to pain and suffering is represented by the cross. Jesus did not endure his crucifixion like a stoic, you know, gritting his teeth and bearing it. It was not a mind over matter type of thing. He did not escape from the suffering or the pain by supernaturally coming down off the cross. Even when he was offered a drug to dull the pain, he refused it. So that should tell us something. Jesus also experienced emotional suffering on the cross and in the Garden of Gethsemane immediately before he was arrested, tried, and then later executed. He cried out on the cross, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That is an expression of emotional suffering that is present at the end of Jesus' life. This tells us that the incarnated spiritual life involves living fully, completely with emotions, including negative emotions. These are part of what it means to be human. The spiritual life, salvation, liberation is not an end to feelings. That's not life, that's death. The spiritual life is a balanced life, a holistic life, a life of shalom. So, if you are looking for an emotional Shangri-La on earth, you're looking in vain. If you are looking for the spiritual equivalent of opioids or antidepressants, you will be disappointed. As long as there is a physical body, there will be physical pain. As long as there is a self, there is psychological suffering. But you are not the body and not the self. And that realization is liberation. When we see that we are not the self, then suffering loses its hold over us. It loses its power over us. The power is broken because the suffering is no longer happening to us. In fact, the suffering of the self feels more like it's happening to a loved one. So it's more like compassion, which means to suffer with. You know, when someone we love suffers, we suffer with them, don't we? And it's real suffering. We suffer, and yet it's not us who are suffering. That is what liberation or waking is like. That's the solution to suffering taught and modeled by Jesus. It's compassion. It is love. It is divine life. Jesus is God suffering with us, in us. That's the heart of Christian non-duality. That's the meaning of the cross. One doesn't, oneness does not abolish suffering. It conquers suffering by embracing suffering. It includes it and transcends it. The Tao of Christ embraces and includes all opposites. And in so doing, it takes a sting out of suffering and pain and death. In short, a lot of people come to the spiritual life seeking an end to all the negative feelings and sensations 
that seems to be overpowering them. That is a fool's errand. Spiritual teachers who put that carrot out in front of you are either deceiving you or they are deceiving themselves or both. Pain and suffering are a part of life because they are part of the whole. But they're just one part of the whole. They're part of the whole just like the opposites are part. Pleasure and comfort. The key is not to cling to either of those opposites or to run toward them or to run away from them but simply to let them be. When it comes to pain and suffering, to use Jesus' words, is to take up the cross and follow him. That's the way of Christ. That's the teaching of Jesus and Christian non-duality. And that is it for today, this Christmas Day. And I'll say Happy New Year to you as well. Grace and peace to you. That is the Tao of Christ for today. Thank you for listening. You can access other episodes of this podcast at thedowofchrist.com. You can also find these podcasts in video format at my YouTube channel at christiannonduality.net. My blog, Spiritual Reflections, can be found at marshalldavis.us. There you will also find a link to my books and my email address. Join me next time for another episode of The Tao of Christ.